You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, in this action-packed episode of CarCast, uh, we get into uh, some hot uh, Lister Jag talk. Go down. um, The beauties of a VW. (laughs) That's right. Boy, VW ownership. (laughs) I'd sue my dad for child abuse, but he's an empty bag. (laughs) We'll get into all that. First, I'll tell you about uh, Bet Online. Nothing to bet on, right? Wrong. Bet Online has hundreds of ways to wager. They uh, bring Vegas to you with online poker and blackjack. Miss the NFL? Yeah. How about uh, live daily Madden NFL? 20 simulators or simulations to wager on, I should say. Plus Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, Stocks, even the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. I was watching some of that uh, simulator-based automotive racing, and it actually looked pretty good. I I had to stare at it for a while just to see if that was real racing or fake racing. racing. stuff is good. Yeah, it's good. Tune into the uh, end of this podcast for Rob Cisternino's interview with Joey Chestnut, the guy who wins Nathan's hot dog eating competition every year. And uh, Bet Online's uh, Dave Mason on the uh, Bet Online Quarantine Challenge this weekend. Bet Online, our exclusive partner, Podcast One. Sign up for a free account with the promo code Podcast One for 100% sign up bonus. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget to use the promo code Podcast One for your 100% sign up bonus. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on the church, but to get on mandate, get it on. And welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Crowell. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Good good to see you, Matt. Uh, Let's see. So uh, plenty of stuff to uh, talk about here. Um, One thing, uh, I went out on a drive last weekend, Mm -hmm. and I spotted uh, two cars I hadn't seen in person. I saw the new Corvette, a couple of new Corvettes out there. And I also saw a new Tesla that I hadn't seen before. I was only aware of three, well, four, if you include the Roadster Tesla models. But uh, this was like a mini Model X, or I guess it was. Yeah, the Model Y. A Model Y. It's the little SUV. It's like the Model 3, and somebody grabbed it by its hair and pulled it up taller. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I had to kind of look at it twice. I was like, is that a three? And I was like, no, nah, the roof line is different. And I was like, it's that an X. And it's like, no, nah, it doesn't have the gold wing doors. And then I realized that the roof line, the rear end, it, it looked pretty good. Like it looked like, Oh, that's a nice ride for someone who doesn't want to spend a hundred grand on a, on an X. Yeah. We um, spoke about it with uh, Alistair Weaver from Edmonds and Edmonds ordered one up and they actually got delivery of it a couple of weeks ago. They were, they were early on the list and it actually came in earlier than they were told. Hmm. Uh, and I think he's driving it. I think, uh, I think Alistair's driving it now and getting, uh, you know, getting his verdict on it, but uh, it seems to be very positive And I, I, I think they're hoping this is going to be their best-selling vehicle. You know, we like SUVs, and it's a little bit smaller, and it's a little bit more affordable. So it could be, it, it could be the, the game-changer for, for Tesla. What's the price point on it? 
that's a good question. I don't know what, what he paid. I don't want to get it wrong. but uh, Well, we'll let Chris look it up. Um, anyway, it's, it seemed to be well-proportioned. 50-something to start? 52.9? It seems about right. That's I didn't even thing. look at it. It didn't even really look like an SUV. It just looked like a three with some more headroom. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if an X is considered an SUV. But, it did, you know, it's weird because... An SUV is size, but it's also ground clearance. And it's weird when cars have the size, but they don't have the ground clearance of an SUV. You know, you don't climb up into them, so to speak. But uh, then there was the uh, Corvette, which I saw, the new mid-engine Corvette, which looked uh, pretty striking. It was a good-looking car. I told you I saw one that had been breathed on quite a bit. I mean, it looked kind of squatted with some rims and a big old tail on it, which means somebody got it and did a bunch of shit to it fast. Yeah. Or, or something. Cause it's not nothing from the factories coming that way. You were talking about the uh, Corvette with the uh, possible four cam mid engine in it, which sounded uh, pretty cool to me. To me, the problem the, the the thing I've always had about the American cars versus um, some European and Japanese cars, if you take a look at the head of an American car and it's a push rod situation, especially the ones that have the stamped valve covers, like just the sheet metal stamped valve covers, and then you take a look at a Jaguar 3.8 or 4.2 mm-hmm. or... Uh, Alfa Romeo or, eh, you know, Datsun is good. It's a single cam. Mercedes is fine. Looks the same as a Datsun, you know, old engines, single cams. But or one of those Aston Martin V8s that has the four cam engine or something. There's just something so cool about the heads on those engines. There's something about the spark plug wire going right down the center of the head, which is so cool. And then there's something cool about, or was the induction, you know, Weber's or McCoonies or multiple, um, y- you know, like uh, multiple, I'm trying to think, like um, a trumpet for every carb, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, a trumpet for every cylinder, I should say, on the, on the carb. And then you'd see the uh, American, and like, you'd see the American one, and it'd just be the, stamped valve covers and the one four barrel sitting in the middle and it just didn't look right to me like it just it worked it just didn't look it didn't look like those engines so um if corvette can do like a high revving naturally aspirated four cam engine and have it uh you know mid ship that that sounds pretty cool it it actually might be more interesting than that because you know the, the the c8 that we have out now uh we is 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 pretty good and we're getting more and more numbers about it. And guys like Lingenfelter are really starting to do a bunch of things, supercharging naturally aspirated, you know, packages like he would do. Um, but we know we can expect a couple of hotter versions, a Z06, a ZR1. Um, and the rumor is not only would it be possibly a 5.5 liter dual overhead cam engine, but, flat plane crank Mm. like we have in the ferraris like we have in the shelby gt350 which could mean now 
9,000 RPM naturally mm. aspirated uh, uh, overhead cam engine, um, possibly in the Z06 variant. Now, the ZR1 variant could be a twin turbo version of that same engine. And there's also talk of a hybrid. And, but we don't know if the hybrid's going to be another version of the C8 or will it be like a ZR1 version? It's very possible we could have a base C8. We could have the dual overhead cam Z06. We can have the dual overhead cam twin turbo ZR1 and then separately a hybrid version. And I imagine the hybrid version would be much like, let's say, accurate NSX, like what we have today, you know rear mid engine couple electric motors on the front wheels gives it sort of now it's an an all-wheel drive version that kind of goes on and off and and done for the for the sake of performance not just fuel economy um but uh and i don't know do you do you do a, a high revving flat plane crank dual overhead cam engine with electric motors well in in a way yes um well definitively yes i'll i'll tell you why first off i i love the nine grand four cam uh engine you know in, in that uh in that corvette um in the mid engine and and i'll tell you why um america that that was always the difference between europe and america to me the the america you know was always kind of torquey and low end grunt and blah 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 but that high revving part that's that's the race part to me and um road road racing part and and i just always was attracted to that and i i always thought that was kind of in in a way if you wanted to kind of define america versus europe or japan you just kind of go peak horsepower where does it make its peak horsepower and you know, the average, if you took Europe and uh, Japan, the average on the peak horsepower would be, you know, and, and I'm talking back in the day, the average would be, you know, 7,700 RPM. Um, in, in America, it'd be 6,300 RPM. And kind of that difference, or maybe 5,900 RPM, but that, that difference right there was kind of the difference between America and Europe. and to, to answer your question, if you have that high horsepower engine and that engine is ostensibly making its peak horsepower at 8,400 RPM or whatever it is, well, w- what suffers is low end, usually. I mean, the, you know, they, they, they're working around it now. But, I mean, if you take one of my high-revving engines and some, you know, Datsun 510 or something – it makes all its horsepower after 7,000. It makes almost no horsepower under 5,000. Yeah. Well, and so it doesn't have the displacement like you're saying. It doesn't have, it enough, doesn't have the displacement. There's not this, enough engine to create that right. torque. This does. But I, I'm saying if you had a, a motor assist at the low end, if you had like an electric assist when the light changed yeah, um, and you could launch and then – as the RPMs kicked in, the RPMs, because obviously if that thing is pulling to 9,000 RPM, it's pulling super hard after 7,500. 
but traditionally it, it takes a little longer to get up on the stick. And if you had an electric assist and instant torque, then that's sort of your cake in eating it too. You're getting the launch and the high winding pull. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and the, the high end, you know, supercar companies are figuring that out. Kona's egg. Uh, I think McLaren did to some extent on, on the P one. Um, but they're saying, yeah, let's fill in, uh, that gap on the low end, especially that turbo lag. And, right. you know, and a lot of times you can, you always try to find the best balance of a, of a turbo motor on, uh, on low end power and high end power, but you could definitely size it up to be, to favor one or the other. It's tough to get both. Right. So if you can, you know, if you want a 1500 horsepower, or 1200 horsepower, a Kona Zag, you could focus your turbo engine on the high end and then fill in that gap with electric motors on the low end. And then of course, that's why you get batshit crazy Kona Zags. <laughs> did you, uh, did you get that, uh, truck from bring a trailer I sent you? Yeah. The cyclone. <clears throat> I started, I was looking at it for some stupid reason. I was probably thinking about you and Jay Leno. I can't, <laughs> can't remember if Jay Leno has a cyclone or the, he does. Knife or the yeah. Jay just bought a truck to get his Christmas tree home one day. Famously. I think, I think the yeah. story was, you can check me on it, but he went out to get a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and then, uh, I probably went out on his bro motorcycle and, uh, and he said to the guy, like, all right, bring it, you know, deliver it to the house. And the guy said, yeah, that'll be 40 bucks. And he said, what, 40 bucks to deliver the tree? And the guy's like, yeah. And I guess he just bought a Cyclone across the street or something. Yeah, he like, literally he- just walked across the street to the GMC dealer at the time. And I guess it was new. Let's assume 91. I don't, I don't think it was new for some reason. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Because he still has it. I guess we could ask him. And now he says it's his rainy day vehicle. But he went over there, bought it, went back over there, floated up the tree, went home with a new truck and a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, I remember him saying something about it being maybe a couple years old and got a good price on it kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's, it very well could be. I, I cause but, those things uh, probably those things two years after they were new probably fell off pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Right. They couldn't, they probably weren't cheap when they were new, but the point is, is I, I sent it to Matt because I was like, this truck has the worst steering wheel yeah. in, in history. Maybe, yeah. Citroen probably is like uh-huh. the only one that rivals it, but even the Citroen, even the Citroen or the Citroen, I don't know how people pronounce it. The Citroen, the Citroen wheel is as bad, but the Citroen, the whole car is funky town. So it at least is in step with the car. The Cyclone wheel is the ugliest steering wheel yeah, of all time. It's a weird. And there's something wrong. Like, and I don't understand. There, there, there are many things I don't understand in the world of automotive design. If, if, I, if I worked on that car, and that was like a specialty car, right? That was a, mm-hmm. It was an all-wheel drive. What motor was in that thing? It basically had a Grand National motor in it, so it had the turbo six-cylinder 
out of the Grand National. Um, my my yeah. feeling, like if I was working on that project, I'd just be like, look, we got a cool piece here, all-wheel drive. We got the twin turbo V6. It's like it, Yeah, it's 4.3 liter. The, 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 the zero to 60, I mean, it was one of the quickest cars of its day, car or truck. Yeah. And and blah, blah, blah. What are we doing with this fucking steering wheel? <laughs> the, the, the steering wheel is a hoop with one big bar, and it's not even in the center. No, I just be like, when when they did the truck, they they somehow designed like a gauge package that if if it if you look at the shape of because Chris brought up a, a photo a second ago of it like right on view right. of the steering wheel the gauges any other kind of shape and you really can't see the gauges through the steering wheel so they had to come up with this stupid kind of just flat bars like so you see that photo that we're looking at it's like now you can see the gauges i guess you could have moved it up a little bit more that center bar a little bit more in the middle uh but you're right it's just a terrible design but i but there's no airbag so here's the advantage it's like you can buy this thing or you can get one of these you could pop off this you can put any steering wheel you want put the steering wheel on the shelf and it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything right if anything it just means the original steering wheel is not gonna wear down and uh you can roll around town in your your grant steering wheel or your sparkle steering wheel oh airbag's another issue right yeah but it is the goddamn ugliest steering wheel it really is i i always because i always thought these trucks were cool but the interior was uh was terrible it was just it's such a flat dash and just plastic everywhere it's like the camaro in the 80s that we talked about like i had an 87 camaro and it was just black plastic flat everywhere and it had all the fake allen head plastic Mm -hmm. screws in it and uh like it just didn't it, it was it was a terrible design uh, back then and uh it was around this era of vehicle but i do like the truck yeah i just i i i am i'm really dumbfounded and perplexed oftentimes when people that are really capable do really dumb things for a really long period of time i <laughs> I would never buy an American car because of the interior. Like I just, I just hated American interiors. I, I just hated them. Like yeah. I, I'd look at, I'd, po- I'd poke my head in a Corvette in the eighties or a Camaro or, or, you know, a certainly like a Chevy truck or something. And I just go, yuck. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like you're offending me. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, but why was there's no there was nobody at GM? There was like there's nobody who just went, hey man, a fake Allen screws. It, it just it looks stupid. Like we look like we got caught trying here. This is dorky. Like all you, it, it's so funny. I mean, I know I know I've said this before, but like I was around in 1984 when people, you know, when my rich friends had a Volkswagen Golf GTI. Or even a, even a, God, like I'm trying to think, like a Jetta or something. Like Jimmy had an old Jetta at some point. I knew guys who had Jettas and GTIs and stuff like that. And you'd put your head in that car and it looked pretty damn good, like in the mid-80s. Like that's a decent looking interior. The buttons are pretty cool. The dash is pretty cool. 
And then I had a friend or two that had a Camaro and you'd put your head in that car and you'd go, what the fuck is going on here? And then I just kept, all I would always say is like, doesn't anyone at GM have a Jetta or GTI or just any other cheap car that has like a nice-ish interior? I don't know, Toyota Supra or Celica or something. Like, Just go do that in your car. Just do some version of that. It, what, it's what? interesting now because a lot of car companies, they brag about that. And they're saying, oh, you know, we developed, you know, we developed the new whatever the 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 Shelby GT350 and we you know we used the the Porsche 911 or the and the uh and the M4 as benchmarks for performance and design like great i guess nobody did that back then nobody said hey should we should we go across the go across the freeway here to somebody else's lot and buy one of their cars and bring it in and take a look see what they're doing the you take a look at like what would be the flagship performance automobile for Ford and GM, Chevy. So you take a look at the Corvette and the Mustang, the two kind of sports sports cars or performance-oriented cars, the top of the food chain for Chevy and Ford for the most part. You take a look at a Corvette interior from 19... 73 to 2001 and it was junk Mm -hmm. i I mean it it was like it was literally like a a 25 year 30 year run of horrible well maybe i'll go 1973 to let's just say 1997 or something like that but it's like 25 years of unadulterated shit interiors and then you take a look at a mustang and you take a look at the mustang and you go like well 70 i don't know five to 2000 or 1996 or something like that these are 20 year runs of horrible interiors it's it's inexcusable i would never buy a mustang and i would never buy a corvette because i'd have to sit in them and i'd be like this looks like shit and I really can't figure it out because you take a look at a BMW 2002 from like 1969 and it's got a cool interior. And, and then there's the 320i from, you know, 1979, 1980, like it had a cool interior. Like uh, my dad had a VW Rabbit. The interior was fine. Like it was a stripped down bottom of the barrel first year, like 74 Rabbit. It had kind of okay interior. Yeah. You know, no cloth. <laughs> Everything was. <laughs> and by the way, in the Corolla world, no cloth didn't mean leather. It no. meant vinyl everywhere. It was like it, my dad's rabbit was oh, <laughs> black oh, vinyl my, and no garage. My dad's 74 rabbit was vinyl seats, vinyl floor mats, vinyl floor, vinyl headliner, like vinyl everything. And when I was picking up my buddy Chris from uh, Snacks Fifth Avenue, where he worked, not Saks, <laughs> Snacks, <laughs> and I would pick him up because he worked the kiosk at the mall for Snacks Fifth Avenue, and they had Sweet. over had oversized chocolate chip cookies, and he would give me one, like, and so. <laughs> that he was sm- your pay for being his Uber back then. Yeah, he smuggled out. 
uh, he smuggled out a big, large root beer, like a big tub of root beer and uh, like like a 22 ounce root beer and a uh, and a chocolate chip cookie. And I was driving him home from Sherman Oaks and we're like waiting at the stop line, stoplight. And next thing you know, he's got his dick out and he's pissing all over me. Right. <laughs> so he's. And and it's not it's not a normal piss. He could do something that was much more elaborate. And so all I have on me, I'm trying to drive, by the way, which is weird. Like he's in the passenger seat and he's pissing on me while I'm trying to drive. But all I have is my root beer. So I just chuck my whole root beer at him. And then he chucks his whole root beer at me. And so the inside of my dad's rabbit had had root beer everywhere and piss and piss everywhere <laughs> and i remember driving at home and i think my dad was probably home and stuff you know and i i literally like i just hosed out the interior of my dad's car like it was yeah. it was all vinyl it was it could literally could hose it off it sounds disgusting <laughs> <laughs> just no, sticky and gross and smell bad and <laughs> it was so it's it was gonna so be funny. in the carpet it's in the carpet there's no carpet no carpet. No carpet. Just I, had like that, 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 like that thin, like roll up kind of mat thing, right? Like no, thing. the I, I first off, no hyperbole. I'm telling you, it was all vinyl and rubber. Like there was no hmm. the seats. I don't know. Maybe uh, Max Pat will find an interior shot of a. Yeah, I'm looking. All, I mean, all the ones finding there, they've been redone. So. Oh, they've been redone. So what? What it was is the car had a stick down kind of thin vinyl for the floor rubber vinyl thin rubberized you know the seats were vinyl black vinyl and the floor was that sort of deck rubber thin whatever that was like tailored and and it had adhesive on it the floor mats cloth floor mats were an option So my dad didn't option anything on the car, no air conditioning, no floor mats. So the floor mats that came with it were just a rubber floor mats that laid down on top of the vinyl, essentially. And the back had the same thing. And the headliner was just more vinyl. There was literally no carpet. There was no material in the entire vehicle. When you hose it down, do you, do you, pull the rubber plugs on the floor pans and let it drain or do you hit it with a shop vac and suck up the yeah juice? first like, off do you... <laughs> do you do you think there was a shop vac at the corolla house in 1982 <laughs> well, there's the rubber plug i guess you could pull that and maybe it drains there, for, be, let me be clear my dad did not own any tools a, a shop it, vac right. would have been like your dad owning a sawmill or something you know like <laughs> no he he didn't have a pair of pliers like there there were zero tools in the Corolla house. Well, what do you do when it's you have a well, I didn't, full of I, root beer, piss, I, and water? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I remember going, I remember pulling it back up to my dad's house that was like across the street from North Hollywood High. And I, I got the hose out, like, you know, bucket, rags, and stuff like that. And I, I didn't just t- turn the hose on full and like start spraying down the dashboard or anything. I was like, using it like mopping it up and squeezing it out i had to get the headliner and everything but uh yeah it was pretty much waterproof no i did not pull the plug i remember i remember 
the plug, <laughs> we're looking at a vinyl version of it. Did that car, Max Zapata, that's a pretty ugly steering wheel too. <laughs> yeah, Did that car. That is more familiar though. We're looking at it, just an old version one. If you could find a, a window sticker for one of those cars, I think floor mats, I think, I think cloth for floor mats were an option. And it was probably $26 or something. And my dad, that was the first new car my, my dad has ever bought in his life. And it was just a stripped down uh, it, rabbit. Just first year, stripped down, weird pea kind of yellow green and black interior. And uh, I remember, all I remember is uh, no cloth anywhere and four speed with really weird sloppy linkage and it had uh it had carburetor problems all the time it was a carbureted car and it was always there was always something wrong with the carburetor remember when cars were always in the shop <laughs> yeah so obviously my dad didn't have any ability to work on a car of any kind and, and neither did my mom so back then you know you needed a kind of perfunctory kind of knowledge of of a car like back then you had to be able to take the distributor cap off after a rainy night and dry it off and put it back in or right. or pull out a fouled plug and dry it out or regap it or something or or little bits and pieces you didn't have to be mr goodwrench you just had had to be able to kind of do a couple little things you know as part of a sort of general maintenance of an automobile. Um, my, my dad couldn't do anything. So if, if, if something, if there was a loose wire or something, it'd be in the shop. Like if, if, if a coil wire was loose, it'd have to go to the shop or someone yeah. would have to come try to fix it. We're looking at a... This is an 81 Rabbit. Floor mats are $15 extra. 15. <laughs> wow. Floor How mats much is are... the car? How much is the car? Uh, six thousand five hundred. Wait, no, I don't. I can't find the. Does it six thousand five hundred sounds about right? It could oh, be a little less. Yeah, to, with all the add-ons, it total was eight thousand one hundred twenty dollars. So damn, eighty one hundred. Our floor floor mats are literally fifteen dollars and eighty one. Yeah, it's a fifteen dollar extra. That's What's funny. it say? Does when it you say said cloth? That, I was gonna guess nineteen. It just says said... floor mats. Okay, so <laughs> oh yeah, floor mats. <laughs> My, so that's, that's 81. This is 74. Yeah. I, floor mats could have been uh, a buck 89 or something. <laughs> the The point is, is I, I know how my dad would have bought that car. He would, they would have just went, you want radio? Do you want radio? Blah, blah, blah. And no, nope. do you want this? No. Nope. Do you want, do you want to, you know, do you want a defroster? No. Nope. Do you want air conditioning? No. Nope. I wonder if in 74, which was the first year of that car, I wonder if it, if air conditioning was even an option. I don't know. It was definitely, I mean, it wouldn't have been standard. It would have been an option, right? I, I guess so. It's weird to me that, that it was beyond, I guess in the 70s, sure. Yeah. 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 60s for sure, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I think 74 was first year for that car. And, and by the way, the 
$15 floor mats on that price we just saw, on that readout we just saw, those didn't have to be cloth floor mats. They could have been vinyl, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the hell was going on with that VW back then. Is VW back? Are they doing stuff now? VW, God. Yeah, yeah, VW's huge. They own uh, Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Right. I Sorry. I mean, body. like, are they are they are, are they selling like diesel powered anything in the U.S. anymore? Is there any Touareg, whatever? I'm trying to think. Like, I I don't feel like I've seen new Touaregs or new Jettas or new whatever. Well, like now, there's an Atlas. That's the SUV. Oh, the Atlas. That's yeah. right. Right. Um, are they doing diesel stuff? I don't know if they're doing diesel stuff after the whole you know, trouble that they all that just into. bumped them out of the diesel game. I, it, 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 I think it, it, it did. Or mm-hmm. at least it, it, it did for a while, but um, I don't know. The, but, yeah, um, you know, they got a Jetta, they got an Atlas, they got a Tiguan and, and I think the Beetle is ending. Uh, but yeah. The Golf and the Golf R and, and I'm, I'm look, sure they're doing some concepts. Probably. I'm looking stuff. down our our rundown list, and I'm looking. I'm seeing a note here that says Lister is hot riding a Jaguar F Pace. Yeah. So I was going to mention that Lister, uh, a name you know, mm-hmm. uh, been around for for a while, big into motorsports, and you know the company's changed hands and the whatever. I don't know if it's the whole company or the trademarks or whatever sort of sort of changed hands. And I think 2013 ish, um, they uh, they got a new group, and they're kind of a tuner shop now, like a Hamen or or, or well, Lister. Like Lister's weird. It, there's Lister Jag, so there was always like a Lister Jag, and then there was a Chevy powered Lister as well. And it's like a European, I don't know, chassis builder, I guess. There's a lot of race cars that were Lister. You know, in the fifties, probably I I would feel like their era would be like early fifties to mid later fifties. But they it yeah. seemed like their sweet spot was like fifty one to fifty six or something. I don't Lister feel like I saw Motor Cars was nineteen fifty four by George Lister, uh, mm-hmm. he, as like an engineering company, like you're talking about, and um, and then. Uh, I 54 to 86 was that rain. And then there was a different ownership or maybe different direction from 86 to 2013. I don't even know what they were doing. I don't either during that time. <clears throat> and then, uh, and now they're, they, uh, they seem to be back as, as a, as a tuner shop. Um, well, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of cool. And, you know, I don't know, in a way, it's not quite analogous like Alpina is to BMW or Schnitzer is to BMW or uh, AMC is to Mercedes. But there's an element of that. Yeah, AMG. Oh, sorry, AMG. AMC is uh, there, there is. Theater. And you mentioned Lister Jag, and maybe that's why their focus is in, in hot rodding Jags, uh, if it's you know sort of all the same group. But... Yeah, uh, I think in 2018, they took the Jaguar F-Type sports car. They took the F-Type R, which was, uh, I think, 550 horsepower. 
and they brought it up to 657, I think. And, uh, you know, they did it with a tune and supercharger pulleys and improved, you know, intercooler and ECU tune and blah, blah, blah. And they made a hot little car to the zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. And, um, the new one is, uh, the, uh, the SUV they're taking the F pace SUV there. Well, Jack came out with an F pace SVR, which is kind of a badass five liter supercharged, uh, SUVs, oh, yeah. 550 horsepower. Mm-hmm. They brought it up to 675 horsepower so they can hit 200 miles an hour. And they, they want to be the fastest SUV mm. out there. Yeah. Good looking. And, uh, yeah. It's, That'll I mean, be they cool. started with a good platform. It was already a good looking SUV. Yeah. For, yeah. Those, uh, for those who are going to come see us at Monterey and who, you know, like certain classes and miss other classes, we don't we're not big fans of the chitty chitty bang bang class but you know there is a class and i don't know what it is you know it's 1951 through 1966 gt five liter over three liter five liter whatever Mm -hmm. but you watch those listers the chevy listers out there or jag listers and uh those that class is a fun class because you got those guys out there they got these aluminum big kind of aluminum cars have you know 327 chevy in them and they have five and a half inch rims and (laughs) and a huge steering wheel and like no roll cage and those guys are just sawing away at that wheel the whole time like they just the cars make big horsepower the cars are light they have not a lot of rubber on them and guys are just hustling those things around the track but they're always just sawing away at the wheel Group 6A historic sports racers from 1955 to 1961, if memory serves. Now, Chris put that on the uh, <laughs> on the screen. But, yeah, that's about it. They, they go off after my group. I don't know. I may be 5A or 4A or something. But those guys are just sawing away at those cars. And it, it, was, a, it was a funny time in um, – it was an interesting time in motorsports in that – did like did they have the horsepower figured out? Like, yeah, they did. They made good horsepower. And they go, you know, did they have the car weight, the lightness of the car figured out? Yes. Um, did they have like the kind of suspension and handling figured out? Like, yes. Okay. Did they have the brakes and the rubber, the traction part figured out? Not really. So yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> lots of horsepower, good handling, good speed, lightweight, shit brakes, and no rubber on the road yeah like that that makes for kind of a uh, an exciting run group and not a lot of safety to begin with so (laughs) no some of those cars barely have a hoop that goes over your head and as we found out when uh our good friend uh, john morton rolled his car yeah his um the scarab the scarab whatever little roll bar he had over his head just folded in anyway yeah, it didn't do much, but that was... Well, or maybe it did just enough. Or maybe, yeah, maybe just, just just enough. Those cars are interesting to see on the track because the very sort of European shape and everything to them, you don't expect them to sound like what they sound. When it has the American V8 in it, you don't... You're not really thinking that, and it's kind of... It's, it's fun to see. It's a fun group. Yeah, 
Jag Lister, and then Chevy Lister. All right, let me uh, tell you guys about uh, Geico. Want to, uh, well, let's see. You have homeowner's insurance or you have renter's insurance. Either way, you have automotive insurance. Why don't you put them together? Why don't you bundle? Makes it that much easier. You just go to geico.com. Bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance with your automotive insurance and find out just how much you could be saving today when you bundle at Geico. That's geico.com, geico.com, and get to bundling, people. All right, let's see. You can uh, watch all our car shows on uh, Netflix, but if you want a Blu-ray or DVD or what have you, a T-shirt or Shelby poster or whatever, go to chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y, Dot com and uh, you know we'll we'll sign the posters and the Blu-rays and stuff like that too and and send them out to you and uh, also you can go to Amazon.com and you can get I'm your emotional support animal new book's going to be out in a few weeks and you can pre-order it it just helps the audio book you can find as well and also um, let's see oh go to uh, go to our YouTube page go to uh, AdamCrolla.com slash or youtube.com slash Adam Carolla. We've got a lot of stand-up and other bits going on there. Matt, what do you got? Just a quick shout-out to our friends at Barrett-Jackson. May 8th through the 17th, they're doing an online-only auction. Mm -hmm. It might be interesting to see. I don't know if it's watchable. I guess it is, but uh, auction's online. I guess the gooding one that they did a while back uh, was was good. It worked. Yeah, it worked well. Um, so until next time, it's Adam Crow for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Again, we have a big show next week. Uh, Before we wrap it up, a reminder about GEICO. Whether you own your home or rent your home, it doesn't matter. Bundling policies with GEICO is super easy. You can bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing because you have so much to do around your home already. Why not do this? It's easy. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Visit Geico.com. That's Geico.com.